Welcome back to LichCast, episode 29, comics, anime, film, and game development. It's all geek to me. Joining me this week is former guild member and longtime friend, Alana Maddie. Alana works for an undisclosed game company where she does sound design. We found out we were not allowed to say where she worked or what game she was working on, so we decided to just do a general game dev sort of episode. All that super vague stuff and more is coming up in this week's episode of LichCast. Load that intro. Good recording. Okay. Woohoo! New new program stuff here. Trying trying something new. Uh, recording in Reaper instead of Audacity. Uh, do you just want to jump right in? I guess. Sure, I guess right. so. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Do you want to go by Maddie or Madisek? Uh, I don't care. No. No. Mostly online. Uh, you go by Alana Maddie. Yes. Um, aka Alana Madisek. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is. I guess I wanted to have you on for a little while now, but we've had a conversation here recently. Decided to get you to jump in on the, an episode with me this week to talk about what it is like to work in the gaming industry. Uh, we have to be pretty vague because of some stuff we learned today. Uh, yep, so it'll happen. Can't even really say where you work. So it's like a top. Super, it's a super secret, secret company. I feel like I work for like the CIA or something yeah. of video games. Kind of. I don't, but I guess kind of. Kind of. Dip, yeah. You know, sort of what you're working on. It's sort of like that. I yeah, guess. kind of, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give away too much hints on what it is. But um, basically, you are working for a video game company. You I are am. working on some AAA titles. So it's not I an am. indie company, which would also be cool. Yes. But there's some big stuff in the works, and we will get yes. into that. But I do want to start off the top of the show with a new segment that I'm going to start doing. Maybe, I don't know if I'll do it every week, but you know, every now and then when there's a good chunk of cool things. And that would be This Week in Geek. Uh, I don't know if I want to put some like geek, geek or some filter over that. <laughs> I <laughs> so like it. Basically, just to talk about some of the cool stuff that happened this last week in geek culture. Uh, at the top of it, one thing that you know I keep coming up again and again in the shows is we've been talking a lot about Overwatch because it is awesome. You also play Overwatch, right? Yes, I do. And so some big changes in that. Notably, if you have been following it, we have a new character that they've been teasing finally announced this week, which is Anna, Farah's mother. And she is a... I had no idea that she was Farah's mother. Yep. Interesting. Farah's mother. And she is a medic sniper. Have you watched the video? I did, yes. Okay. So her ability basically is that like... So for teammates, she can snipe them with like biotic darts mm-hmm. to bring the health back up. She has a like a some sort of bomb thing too that heals you, <laughs> and then also like a sleeping bomb. So when somebody gets close to her, she can throw that down and then snipe them. Uh, interesting thing, she's a little bit different than Widowmaker. She doesn't get a headshot modifier like Widowmaker and some of the other snipers do, which is pretty interesting. Adjusting our audio. I'm <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> uh, oh. And Alana, hopefully this sounds a bit better because Alana is a sound designer, so she's kind of got me a bit better set up. Now so, the pressure, yeah. the pressure is mounted. Hopefully All it sounds good. All the comments are going to be like, it sounds like shit, man. If we get comments, I'll be gr- glad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so that with Overwatch, the other major changes, uh, Zenyatta got a health boost um, as well as some other buffs, and Sol- but Soldier 76 is getting a nerf, which makes me kind of sad. There... Uh-huh. 
are some other changes, but those are the big ones. The other thing in Geek this week I wanted to that I'm really excited about. Did you see the Nintendo Classic? I did. And I am so stoked about that. <laughs> I will say I think it's weird that you have to plug in the old Wiimotes to make it work. Don't you? I do. Is that the plug-in thing? I think I think you have the option to. I don't think you have to. Oh, okay. I'm not sure though. Because I saw just by looking at it, the um, like the shape of the the pluggy anything seems yeah. like the same as the the bottom of the Wii mote. Yeah. Well, you can use the Nintendo Classic controller, from what I understand. Oh, as okay. well, which is what I'll probably use. Yeah. Totally. Um, the actual like the Wii one, but I think it's a really cool idea. It's a smaller version of the Nest. It's gonna look good on my shelf or mm-hmm. wherever. Like I'll have it. Um, it's so cute. It's it, so little. Yep. It comes with. 30 built-in games, really good ones like Mario, Metroid, yep. a bunch of other cool stuff, Kirby, and it's only like 60 bucks. Nice. Uh, so there's that. Yep. And I have a piece of tech news from this week. Sure. Um, the official stats for the PS4 Neo were leaked today. Oh, Accidentally. It's a stupid name. I hope they changed it's it. It's so dumb. <laughs> um, but so uh, is the Nintendo NX, though. That's also dumb. Yes. But Nintendo and their names in the last couple generations not been great. Not awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the NX, not NX. I don't know shit about the NX. The Neo. The Neo uh, is actually insane. I think some of the numbers for the memory, like the virtual memory, it's going up from like 28 megs to like 235 megs. So it's like that's a huge thing, but it's wow. in order to support 4K. But uh, what, it, what it does is it just provides... 4K VR. 4K VR, like 4K games. So, like, I believe the game that I'm working on right now will also be released. Uh, they made a rule that I think in September it comes out, the PS4 Neo. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that as it's being recorded. However, <laughs> I think that's what I heard. But I think there's something, September or October, that all the game companies have been kind of approached and been told, like, hey... You have to make your game compatible with the PS4 Neo after this like certain date, which is kind of nice because it means that you're not going to have to buy specific games for the Neo. Like I'm sure there will be some, but I think a lot of it's going to be like uh, game companies patching their games that they already have, or any, and then any new releases have to be compatible with the PS4 right. Neo. So that's going to mean a lot of like the new games that we saw at E3 this year are going to look fucking amazing. Played in 4K. Horizon Zero Dawn. It's going to be awesome. I'm wetting my pants over that game. 4K dinosaurs. <laughs> 4K robot dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> Even better. Even better. Yes. Uh, there's also, there's a bunch of, man, I have not been excited for like upcoming like next gen games in the, the last couple generations, but yeah. there's some amazing stuff. Likewise. There's even one game that like, I think it's coming to PC, but if it wasn't, I would buy an Xbox One for, and that what? is Scalebound. Have you seen the trailer no, for that? No, I haven't seen the trailer for that. It's like fucking... Monster Hunter, but if you took it and made it like super nineties, like I always wear headphones, like I'm su- like what we thought cool was in the nineties, and I like I'm gonna fight this monster, and to get serious, I'm gonna put my headphones on while we fight, and it's just it's like that with How to Train Your Dragon, and it's stupid awesome, That's amazing, and I want it super bad, <laughs> and like if they're like this is an Xbox One exclusive, I'd be like, well, I'm buying an Xbox now. Yeah. And I hate Xbox, so it's a yeah. big deal for me. That's, Xbox is actually awful. Uh, like even so, we work on Xbox, so we like we have uh, we all have. Well, okay, let me talk about what I do for a second. <laughs> uh, I worked in uh, the quality control department uh, as like a development tester uh, for the audio department, and then about a month ago or so, I started working officially as uh, an audio designer, a sound designer. 
uh, for video games. So as a dev tester, we all had uh, like we had both consoles. We had like the dev kit for the PS4, which it looks like. Um, I kind of wish the PS4 looked like that in general. If you ever see what like a PS4 dev kit looks like, it's like super industrial. It's in this like metal casing with mm-hmm. like if you had like if you had a rack of like all your different like sound and like cool tech equipment, you could totally like slot that in and it wouldn't look weird. Mm-hmm. And then the Xbox dev kit is just an Xbox. <laughs> but testing on Xbox was. It was such a fucking nightmare. Like, it's always slower. The graphics are downgraded. Like, everything oh, about the X- <laughs> Yeah, everything about the Xbox was just... The amount of cuts that we have to make in a big game to be able to be played on all the consoles and on PC is just... It's so much more than you think it is. Like, yeah. you think that the company's just being like, oh, well... We're just gonna not work as hard as on our graphics. It's like, oh no no, we have a button, and if we press that button, 4K turns on, and everything is the most beautiful thing ever. <laughs> but we can't ship it like that because the consoles don't support it. Yeah, uh, I I wish I could go in and see what the graphics look like while you know they are there. Uh, like when I was growing up as a kid, um, I think most notably the first time I was like, wow, graphics are really changing, is when I played Final Fantasy VIII, and when you like. I mean, the graphics in that game, are going back and looking on it, are not great, but the cutscenes are still pretty good. Yeah. And you're like, I'm looking at those cutscenes, I'm like, why can't the gameplay look like this? And now gameplay is a lot closer to that now, mm-hmm. but like even switching between cutscenes and that, it's still not quite there, at least yeah. on console. Yeah, for sure. And it may, you know, but like there's, that's part of the reason, right? Yeah, so. for sure. It's, um, I've, what I've learned uh, in the past year or so so like so much and I mean I went to school for film and when I came out of that I found myself over analyzing films all the time and and having a a humongous amount of respect for films like watching people do like special effects things or even like movies that aren't special effects so like Birdman has like you know little moments in it but (laughs) it's edited so well like it's not one shot it's not it looks like it is but exactly. you can act, like I watched how that was made and whatnot, yeah. and like now I know where the cuts were and whatnot. But, but like, the, the planning that goes into that and all of that, like I have so much respect for that. And I think with video games, now that I've been there, it's a lot harder for me to read criticisms now of games and to read, um, just to read people like shitting on on developers or indie developers or AAA developers. Any like, developers? Yeah, you have no idea what yeah, goes into this. Exactly. It's like you really don't know what's happening behind the scenes and you I, don't know what our limitations are and like what we're doing in yeah. order to try and like do the best for what the limitations that we're given. I think if you if you want a good perspective on that, um, there's a documentary on Netflix about the ET, the extraterrestrial Atari game and what that went through and whether or not the whole thing was like, does the landfill exist? Spoiler, it does. Um, <laughs> The, so that was like this urban legend that there was this landfill full of the games that Atari couldn't sell yeah. and like they actually found it and it was really difficult I think but I they heard did. about that, yeah. But the, the documentary talks about like, like, cause that's noted as like the worst game of all time. Yeah. But the guy who made that game also made the most, the top selling Atari game of all time or one of them, which is mm-hmm. VR's Revenge. He also made ETs and like he had 30 days to make that game. That's insane. Because that's what, they wanted and they wanted it to ship by Christmas. Yeah. And like all the stuff they had to go through to make that game. And like he, the stuff that he did in that game was really like groundbreaking, but like there was no conveyance, so you didn't know what you were doing. 
and like had he had more time, I think that game would have been way better and toted way more and probably would have been on the level of the film as six you know, or not totally on the level of BT, yeah, but it's because like one of the top grossing films of all time. But um, yeah, like when you have thirty days to make a game and you don't have a team and it's just you. That's insane. Right? Like that's, that's unheard of. These days you can't do that. Yeah, but, no, you can't. Well, um, I mean you can, but it's not gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna necessarily be received well. I mean, did you hear about what happened with um what's the space game? The with all the planets and it's like an endless oh space. Um the game that I've been super stoked about and yep, been talking yep, about and yep, now that you yep, ask me yep, I can't think of the name. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yep, yep. Because now I just have Horizon Zero Dawn stuck in my head, which also sounds like it could be a space game, but it's not. It's Robot Dinosaurs. What's it called? No Man's Sky. Thank you. Yeah. I've been talking about this on this podcast for six months. Yes. Um, (laughs) Just that they got death threats when they pushed it. Yep. And, like, like serious death threats. And I think that's insane. They're such a small team making such a huge, huge game that people are so excited to play and that... Well, they wanted to make sure... Yeah. Consumers feel so entitled. They can be like, oh, well... Like this is. Listen, if there's anybody who should be getting death threats, it's Disney for Kingdom Hearts Three, <laughs> right? Because like, it, not Disney, but like Square. Because yeah. like, and don't don't do that. Seriously, don't give them death threats. But like, I bought a PS3 specifically backpedal, backpedal. for Kingdom Hearts Three, and it yeah. still isn't out. And we're almost towards the end of the PS4's lifespan already. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like, if Disney is like this game isn't, re- or anybody if they're like this yeah. game's not ready, we want to put more effort into it. It's like, yeah. then do it. You know, the only time that that's, you know, hasn't proved to be a good idea was uh, the Green Lantern film. <laughs> <laughs> because that movie, there was nothing that was going to save it. No, nothing. So, um, I guess to uh, to backpedal a little bit before we get yes. too far into Sorry. this, the last thing I wanted to mention in Last Week in Geek, but I was going to keep it brief because literally everybody's talking about this nonstop, was Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah. Um, which has been pretty cool, but we can't technically play it here in Canada, even though we have been. Uh, uh-huh. But the official release date... Is said to be July thirty first. Oh so wow, really? There is a there's a release date now. Tentatively, or uh, what's the word? Allegedly. I mean, like that's what they say. You never know. It I'm could excited. Get pushed, yeah, I'm excited for that though because then it means that we can have updates. Yeah. Like I feel like we've all been playing. There actually the was late. an APK file update. Was they there? did update it? Um, we're just not supposed to use that. We're not using that. No, no. we're not. <laughs> I have a legitimate copy. I live in Christchurch, New Zealand, and um, <laughs> yeah, she's here for the week to work with uh, Toronto's. I can't even center. do. I can't even do New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. I can't do New Zealand. I can't really do Australian either. I can do all of like the uh, any British accent you want, or like Southern or anything in the states, and Irish and Scottish and like all that shit. But for some reason, Australian, I have to like hear it. Oh, I like Australian. Yeah, it's so hard. I can't do it either. I actually have to like listen to it for like a solid ten minutes and then I can. Well, there's in Australia alone. There's three different dialects. So like, like like there's because I when we did dialects in in acting, my acting courses, I chose Australian um, because everybody else was doing like British and other things, and I was like, I want to do something different. And okay, so there's like the typical crikey, mate, like I'm crocodile, and there's that one, <laughs> and then there's the one that sounds like that's kind of in the middle of that, and like British, and then there's one that's like it still sounds a bit Australian, but it's kind of a bit British too, oh, and like okay, like that weird. one's really hard to do because it's like this weird mix, and like I could not get it right. I did a, um, I did my monologue that I did for that class was um, from some Australian like 
crime soap opera thing. It was, it's well known there. If I, I can't remember what it's called, but like, yeah, no, I, I feel like out of any of the classes, I was really excited for that course and I bombed it. Oh, like, I still so got a good grade, but like, I did not, I wasn't happy with my performance. Yeah, that sucks. But, it's never good when that happens. Yeah. So, I, yeah, Pokemon Go, release date. That's all I'm going to say about that. Literally, everybody's talking about it. Perfect. Um, I don't have a team. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, so, yeah, to, let's dive right, like, seriously into what you act, you know, we talk, you do sound design and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you were QA testing. Now you're actually designing yeah. for these amazing AAA titles, which just blows my mind that, like, <laughs> when those do come out, you're like, I know that girl. That, I know her. <laughs> and are we allowed to say that you have what? your three in the upcoming game that we're not going to mention the name of? Oh, um, songs? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, uh, I managed to score, like, um, some licensing, which is super cool and mm-hmm. super random, like, it wasn't planned or anything, but, uh, yeah, there will be some songs. Are there ones that I have heard of? Yes. Or, oh, okay, Yeah, cool. they're all actually, like, on my album, which is on iTunes and Bandcamp and stuff like that. If you Google my name, you can find it. Yep, look up her album and listen to it, and then when the game comes out and we can actually tell you which one it is, <laughs> you'll be like, oh, it's these three songs. Yes. Right. Um, recently, it almost got cut because the creative director was like, they're too sad. And I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> but Correct. <laughs> but my uh, my boss is super awesome. He's yeah. like, no, we're, like, we want them. We're going to keep them in and yeah. stuff like that. So, like, fingers crossed, fingers toes, everything, knock on wood, whatever. There will be my music in this game. But it's not, like, a main thing. It's not, like, a main thing yeah. or anything. But, like, it's still yeah. fucking cool shit. When it, when it comes out, I will let you know where to find it if you're interested. I know a guy who had a song that was in an episode of The Flash. That's so super that's super cool. cool. <laughs> uh, and I have got this weird like now I'm starting to get this weird six degrees of separation with The Flash because like my a friend of mine who yeah. um, is like uh, an interviewer and stuff is kind of what he does for his job. Okay. Um, he got if you watch The Flash when they go to Earth Two, he is the newscaster on Earth Two. I've never watched The Flash. Uh, do I, it. It's it's fun and interesting. The, and it's a good show, but. So the reason why I haven't watched Flash is because I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And before it flashes on on CTV, before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So whenever I PVR S.H.I.E.L.D., I always get to watch the last, like, 45 seconds or so of The Flash. Mm -hmm. And it is the most fucking ridiculous 45 seconds every single time yep. like it is the most dramatic like weird like what the fuck is happening but we we don't fast forward through it ever we always intentionally watch those like last 45 seconds because they're so funny and like i feel like i can't watch the show now because i know that eventually the show is going to end and that yeah. the last like minute of the show of the episode of every single episode is going to be like no yeah don't jump through the portal it was me or like some guy just like rolls up in a wheelchair and smiles at the camera like I don't know they're all so weird and like I don't I don't I've been told so many times that the show is super good and we will watch it eventually but right now it's just I, I like my my 45 seconds that I get yeah. to see of The Flash it is a really good show I do like everybody involved in it um, The Flash is my favorite superhero of all time wow so it, I'm really like critical of it and you uh, like it I enjoy it. Okay. I have problems with it. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't want to get too into it. But I love everybody involved. I yes. love what they're doing. I love that superheroes are in the mainstream, so I'm totally cool with it. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> um, I'm also actually really excited for um, uh, Wally's suit because they posted fo- that was I guess the tail end for this week in geek. You could throw that, tack that on as they yeah. posted a picture of his suit, and they fucking nailed it. I like That's it awesome. so much better than Barry's suit. <laughs> so much better. 
like, okay, the one thing that I'm, I will say about it is, like, guys, you couldn't get the color right on his suit. It's, it's like, brick red. Like, his, it is pastel. Not even past, it's just, like, red. Just use standard red color. That's what you need. That is the color of the flash, and you made it dark for some weird reason, and I don't like it. <laughs> That's but fair. I do love, you know, um, the cast, and I love everybody involved, and it's fairly well written for the most part. <laughs> what were your six degrees of separation? Uh, okay, so my friend who was in the show, okay. and I didn't know he was in it, and I was watching the show, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Zane. So that's like one degree of separation. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, but like with the show in general, oh, right? Okay. okay. And so like, so he was on that show, and I tweeted him like, are you on The Flash? He's like, yeah, like, like I'm surprised anybody realized that was me, and I'm like, yeah, it was just crazy to, to see you, and I guess he's living over there in Vancouver right now, but yeah. I, I saw him recently and was talking to him about it. He was telling me, he was like, I never thought anybody would even notice. And he's like, now I get people, all the random people were like, were you yeah. in The Flash? And he's like, it was two seconds on screen, guys. Yeah. Um, and then, so then, yeah, this other guy whom I met through a musician friend of mine who, um, who's also been on his podcast, Dr. Guitar, that'd be smudgy. Um, I was at her house for a party one time, and I started talking to her friend, and he's like, oh, yeah, I did a song, and I got picked up on, I did a collab with somebody, and he sold it to The Flash, and we made some money <laughs> off of that, and it was like, no way, That's and I awesome. watched the episode, and it, it's the one where, um, like, Felicity is in town, I think Team Arrow is probably in town, and they, like, meet at the coffee shop, and Felicity's, like, overdressed, so the song that's playing when she walks in the coffee shop is their song. And I'm like, he's like, it's so, it's still unreal to me that my song is in their show. And so I'm like, that puts me like this close to like, you know, all the creators and like Kevin Smith who directed an yeah. episode and like all these other people. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's super cool. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like I'm working with people and it's funny at my work, just learning what other projects people have worked on mm -hmm. is like crazy cool, especially when it's a games that I really like. Like uh, the next project that I'm working on, um, we just picked up someone who worked on like Red Dead Redemption, which I'm like, fuck, that's amazing. <laughs> and I found that like one of our programmers worked on Witcher 3, and I was like, oh my god, wow. like, let me pick your brain. What, how was, like, why are you here? Like, Press go X back to, to Poland. Sex. Like, why, <laughs> why work for us? Like, go to Poland. But yeah. it's, uh, it's cool and it's weird kind of like talking to these people for months and then all of a sudden realizing, like, oh shit. You have a credit on this game that I like devoured. Yeah. Who, what? What? That's like I don't know. It's 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 very weird. It's very very weird. Somebody, I have to look it up now, but like a really high up dude at Blizzard followed me on Instagram. Oh, what <laughs> and up? I was like, <laughs> yo, that's so cool. I don't know, I've been getting weird follows sometimes too, like. The guy who was like the CEO of Atari and Chuck E. Cheese follows me on Twitter and wow. like just weird Random. stuff. And I'm like, I don't have a big like following or anything, but like yeah. every now and then I get somebody like that. I'm like, why so did strange. you? I love it, but why did you follow me? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, I was going to go somewhere with the, oh, that's, I, I think I've mentioned it maybe not on the podcast, but on my channel before. Um, I am getting ready to move back to the U.S., so I am we were talking before this that getting leaving all of those like you know being around all these creative people it is going to be one of the things i'm going to miss the most and the fact that like i have a friend who works for this company who you work for them i'm not allowed to say <laughs> i have friends who have been on major television shows i have like a friend of mine who who i can say the movie but i can't say her name because i'm not allowed she's technically not allowed to talk about it i have yeah. a friend who worked on suicide squad and like just crazy stuff yeah. like that being here and I have a like friends who worked on suicide yeah. squad that's all nice they probably know her then probably but i've met 
and done like a lot of things like that here and especially in like the YouTube community and I've met so many cool people through that. I'm definitely going to miss that. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be hard. I mean, but you're always welcome to come back. I mean, like, I have a couch. I'm sure lots of your friends have couches. and like. Well, especially you know. if, you know, you can book me some voice roles to come. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. I'm like, I'm down to come and do so. I'll do it for free. Like, whatever. Just do some voice work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me in a jilly suit and I'll do mocap. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a really cool uh, cool city to be in. There's a lot yeah. going on here. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. I actually, um, so we have your company, but there's also, I think, Rockstar has a Toronto one? Or is there, are they in Montreal? BioWare yes. has a Montreal one. BioWare is also, also in, in Edmonton. Is it Edmonton? Yep. Um, because a friend of ours, um, who's a writer, she wanted to work for BioWare, and uh, she has to apply to the Edmonton office yeah. because that's where they make the games that she wants to work on. Yeah. So. We tried really hard to get, they had that Dragon Age contest where you could do voiceover, and we tried really hard to get in there. Oh, wow, that's that awesome. Out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, so there's like a ton of indie stuff in Toronto, and I think, uh, I think Ubisoft and EA and Rockstar all have branches here, uh, but really small branches here. I'm trying to think of if there's anyone else big, but that's those are the main three that I can think of that mm. have like small offices here. Yeah, well, I yeah, because I think a lot of the game places here, or at least the bigger offices, half of them are in Montreal for some reason, and then yeah. the other ones on the west coast. Yeah, a lot so. of them are in Montreal, which is very strange. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess it's kind. Of, I'm trying to like. How we get around some of the stuff without talking about giving away too much things um, but the i had a friend who was on an episode he works for disney cruise line and we realized about uh, how much stuff he like we're like 10 minutes in and we're like oh yeah i can't talk about any of these things uh, <laughs> and then it turned into like you know just us talking about comics and stuff yeah so. <laughs> i mean like i can talk about like if you have any questions about like how games are made i can probably answer those yeah. questions or any any questions about audio or any questions about like uh like qc or qa and like we talked a bit the other day, um, which is kind of what prompted the mm. the podcast invite. <laughs> well, uh, so if there's any of anything that we talked about before that you think like you'd rather, I suppose talk one thing again. that we were talking, I think we mentioned it a little bit ago. I were we recording when we said this? I think we were. Uh, that like a lot of people don't understand what goes into making video games. What are yes. some things that if people knew they wouldn't get so it would help them understand and not get so angry when games like No Man's Sky get pushed back. Yes. Um, um, is there anything that you could help alleviate that stress and death threats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, the first like one of the first things to note is that a lot of what we do uh, we don't understand, <laughs> which sounds like very <laughs> ridiculous, but so if you look at, at an industry like film which has so many years now of existing and well, the technologies do get better, and you have new cameras, it's you have new editing software. It's fairly the same, yeah. you know. Like someone could still kind of parse together a movie with no budget, and yeah, maybe it's not going to be the best movie, but like they can do it. Like it's possible. Yeah. You kind of under you have an understanding for the technologies that exist. Uh, whereas when you look at video games, it it's is still, changing every four years. It's, <laughs> it's changing every day. I mean, mm -hmm. like with a lot of. I'm not sure. Do you know what engine they're they're making No Man's Sky on? Mm, 
that's a good question. Um, like let's I'm, Google it. Yeah, you can Google it while I talk. Uh, but it's like one of the biggest things is like engine. So when you see stuff about like Unreal Engine, and in order for a company to use Unreal, they have to pay a licensing fee, which is a huge amount of money to use this engine. And then when they're using that engine, um, if something goes wrong or there's something that they need, they then have to go to Unreal and say like, hey, this is a tool that we need. Is there any way that you can like make this tool possible, make this tool do this? And like often that won't work out the way that they want it to. Like it's right. a long chain of things. It's going to be charges. It's going to be you know um, shit like that. So a lot of bigger companies will use in-house engines, which are per game. And the thing about making your own engine, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like watching a movie from a TV you built yourself. Yeah. Like not using parts from other things, like having to take like, all right, this is our coding knowledge, this is what we have, this is what we're looking at, and then being able to like plug all of that in. Like I don't know how our tools guys like do it. It's insane. And and if you think about something like, did you find out what engine? Apparently they using? made their own for it specifically. Then that's perfect. Yeah. It's like so if you if you go with something like that, what can happen is the engine just breaks. Like you do something, you do like nothing. You one put, hyphen somewhere in a code and exactly. then one even, comma where it shouldn't be. Exactly. Even less than that is like uh, so they're going to be working in like an editor situation. So they're going to have, you know, an interface that they can look at. And they're like, okay, I'm going to put this rock here. And just because of where they put the rock, because of what they did, something went wrong and it breaks the engine. And then you have, you know, a day, two days, a week, a month of this error happening in this engine where you can't place that rock there. And maybe that rock is like incredibly important for the story. And you have to try and figure out where along the line in this engine that you created... Yeah. Does it say why you can't put that rock there? And then you have to start working, looking at like workarounds, and you have to start looking at like, okay, yeah. how are we going to make this work in a different way? And it's an industry that's you can't Google. You know, when you have an in, when you have an issue with your engine, you can't just like go on Google and go, hey, how do I do X Y Z? Because it doesn't exist anywhere else. It's so internal that you have to like find someone who knows something, who knows something, who knows something, like. Yeah. You have to follow this chain until eventually you find someone who can solve your problem, <laughs> maybe, and then you know, and then you, you have to deal with it from there. So when, you know, when games get delayed, you, it's obviously enraging, but you have to understand that it is not in that company's best interest to delay a game. You know, like I'm right. sure that the makers of No Man's Sky weren't like, oh, we're gonna delay the game. How everyone's gonna be so happy about it? Like they want to make money. Yeah. And they don't make money until they release the game. And like that doesn't matter if you're an indie studio or if you're a huge studio. Like especially if you're a huge studio and you have shareholders and you have people breathing down your neck to like make money and then you have to delay a game. Like that not only looks bad for the fans, but it also looks bad on like your shareholders yeah. who are paying for you to make these gigantic games, right? Like it, it, when a game gets delayed, fans need to realize that like yeah, it fucking sucks, but there is a reason why yeah. and um well and they want like like with no man's sky like that team's really passionate about their game from the interviews that i've seen with them and they want it to be as polished as possible yeah and like it's not like, like we were talking before the podcast you were saying like oh when you see a game at like e3 like your game that was out you're like oh that looked great why can't it be out now because you spent all that time on that one tiny segment of the map exactly and then you weren't allowed <clears> to see anything else because on the other side of that building the rest of it was gray blocks or yeah. whatever right <laughs> yeah, like you know precisely like it's you have no idea 
like what stage the games are in when you see them at E3, unless they're letting you do like a full game walkthrough, which is yeah. kind of unheard of. Like you don't really, you don't really know. Yeah. And the amount of work that has to be done, even in like the month before a release date, yeah. is is crazy. It's you know it stretches so much longer than you than you think it is. Like when a movie is sets a release date. Um, the movie's usually done months in advance, if not like maybe even close to a year in advance of when the screening date is, in a best case scenario, obviously. Uh, whereas with games, that's usually not the case. Like not it's, in it's Lord like of the Rings, set... for an example of that, because they were editing like as the Oscars were happening. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's obviously different, like case by case. But you can kind of know that if they've set a release date they're panicking about that release date as much as the fans are panicking right. about buying it. You know, the, everyone is looking at that date as like, fuck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as, as you were saying the other day about how like, it doesn't matter how much work you do in a game, there's always going to be bugs and issues and there you're going to get yes. more people to find it in the first hour of release yeah. than you will by your small, like, you know, 10 to 30, however many people you have on this yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. Like you can have so many QA testers, whatever, they're still going to find issues hour one and there's got to be a day one patch because of that thing. And like a uh, good example of like weird random stuff that doesn't work, Batman Arkham City. There yeah. is a corner of the map that just acts like it doesn't exist. And so when you batter, like bat grapple or whatever, use your grappling gun over there. If you go beyond a certain point, there is stuff you should be able to grapple onto, but you will fall through the map. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. And that is a triple A game. It yeah. is a Batman game. Yeah. Like, um, right? So what happens in triple A games near the end of, uh, of everything is you get someone who comes in and they're called the closer. And what their job is, is they look over all the bugs, all the tasks, all the stuff that's already been logged, and they go, not gonna fix this, not gonna fix this, not gonna fix this, this is not important, we're not gonna do this. Like, their job is to close the game. Their job is right. to get the game go like out. And it, it villainizes them a lot, because you know if they do a shitty job as a closer, you're either gonna have a late game, or you're gonna have a buggy game, mm -hmm. right? Like, so like, it's, it's a lot of power in one person, to kind of have that ability to say like, oh, well, this bug, nope. And yeah. departments will fight them. You know, departments will come up and be like, actually, this is really important and it needs to happen. And then, you know, like they're not, un they're human. They're, yeah. not un they're not unreal people. And they'll they'll let you, you know, somewhat. But in the case of something like Batman, yeah, I'm sure that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean. It's just, it's one corner like, you don't really need to be in there, but like, it looks like you should be able to go there. And yeah. it's like, it's like the assets don't exist. Like, the, you can yeah. see them, but, like, it's just you fall through. Right? It's like someone forgot to put, like, the edge of the map wall yeah. there or something like that. Yeah. Like they they well, were trying to not invisible wall you, and then they invisible walled you. Anyway. It's, like, it's like a tower that's off in the corner in between, like, the city side and where, like, the Joker gang place is. Okay. It, and it's, like, off kind of, like, just, it's in the water, but not out past where, like, the invisible wall is. Yeah. So, like, you, you know maybe since then they patched it that that is the cool thing about video games now is that like you can fix things after launch whereas yeah. like prior to uh, xbox and ps3 you couldn't do that unless it was a pc game you couldn't mm -hmm. patch stuff like you could you couldn't patch atari you couldn't patch nintendo you couldn't patch super course, yeah. you couldn't patch all the way up to ps2 and that gen yeah. like xbox and yeah, it was. I think the start of like 360 and PS3 is when they started doing being able to patch stuff like that. And even then, they don't have the. It's not as prevalent as now. Yeah. You know. Um, 
and the games are so much bigger than they used to be and they take up so much space and there's so much more to the worlds and like yeah. there's so much more to fix and that's why you see these always day one patches and then there's all these bugs that don't get fixed for a long time like there's still stuff in world of warcraft that's not fixed <laughs> that has been that like you and i like this yeah. for those of you who don't know us uh, alana and i <laughs> knew each other through World of Warcraft, we were yeah. in a guild together for several years. It yeah. was Prophecy, right? Yeah. Were you in it when it was SWAT? Yeah. Okay, so we were in that guild together for a long time, and that's how we knew each other. We've and known each other for like... I guess like eight or nine years now. Yeah. Because it was like three years before I moved here that we yeah. knew each other, and I've been here yeah. for five. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, great. Wow, that's crazy. I never thought about wow. that. High five. High five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, through that, and like... Back in the day when I was playing in vanilla even before I even knew you, like there's mm-hmm. stuff from then that's not like yeah. little things here and there that just aren't fixed and they probably never will because there's bigger fish to fry, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's um... Typos are my favorite. <laughs> I love finding typos. Typos are... They're really rare in Blizzard yeah. games, but you can find them. <laughs> it's, uh... Yeah. yeah. I actually it's, enjoy it's glitches crazy. and bugs and stuff, but... I do too. I mean, like, there's plenty in this game I'm working on right now, especially working as a QA tester. You just come across it. I just piss myself laughing. <laughs> like, and you know, like, the game is in development. Like, there's no way this is going to ship, but just, like, certain things happen, and you're like, why? Yep. Why is this happening? Like, what is going Why is there a naked woman shooting <laughs> at me from the car over there? Like, why is this a thing? And you just, like, you have no idea, right? Yeah. And then someone, you bug it, and someone fixes it, and then it, and then it goes away. But well, it doesn't hard. matter how big your company is, too. There's, those are always going to happen. Like, oh, I've been always. playing Overwatch, and I'm finding little... That game's fairly polished, but I find mm-hmm. stuff all the time. Um, like, Hanzo is one of the characters <clears> that has this weird little bug, because he has this tassel that hangs off of... I think it's yeah. off his bow or his wrist or something. Yeah. And every now and then, it just goes... And you're like, and you're just going, it's just swinging all over the screen. You're like, what did I do? And like, I've only seen it happen once, but on the victory screen, like, there are characters that have flowy robes Mm -hmm. that will just freak out and go all over for like no reason. Yeah, it's just like a weird physics bug. And like, I've only seen it once though. That's what I'm talking about is is that, um, like, games can come out and be buggy. And um, just to like, Kind of build on what Aaron was saying before, because we, we had this we had this conversation prior. Is I was saying that you can have a hundred people working um, as QA and working as as development testers, or, or you can have you know hundreds of playtest sessions. And playtesting, by the way, is not the same as development testing. Playtesting is when you bring in the public and you let the public play bits of the game and then you get the feedback Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it's not about finding bugs and glitches and problems it's about like let's see how you deal with the scenario or let's see how you deal with these mechanics or let's see what you think of this thing like if you have fun or like if like you know that's what play testing is whereas development testing is like making sure things work making sure things work and then also finding a solution to those things like this doesn't work why does this not work how do we fix this? Because you put that rock over here yeah, and it exactly. can't go there. <laughs> yeah. But you need that rock yeah, there. Yeah, like we had an example where there was a door that just wouldn't close. You, It would be closed and then you'd go into it and the door wouldn't close. It didn't matter how far away from this fucking door you'd get, the door would not close. I'm like, why the hell is there, why is, it, why is the door not closing? Because there was an NPC standing to the right of the door. <laughs> That's why. That Because he was too close to the door. And the door thought that someone was still going through the door because there was an NPC that was placed there specifically. I like that it's that the door thought, not the engine. No, the no, door the, thought. Door, <laughs> the door works independently of everyone yeah, yeah. else, okay? Um, yeah. All the, the doors are NPCs. Yep, they all are. <laughs> they 
may as well be at this point. But uh, me and Doris, we don't get along. Uh, <laughs> fuck Doors, you heard it here. Fuck Doors. Uh, <laughs> I think yes, I'll call yes. that'll be fuck, the podcast title. Fuck, fuck Doors. Fuck Doors. <laughs> um, as an audio, uh, as an audio designer, fuck Doors. Fuck Doors. Because <laughs> when you open a door, you can hear sound going through it. But when you close a door, you can't hear sound going through it. That does not happen automatically. That's my job. Mm-hmm. I make it so that the sound doesn't pass through. Anyways, I'm digressing. You can have 100 people on your development testing team all around the world, different studios, whatever. And in the first hour that the game is released and played, more bugs will be found than in the entire span of development. And there's literally nothing you can do to avoid that, especially in an open world game, especially in games of the scope and complexity that companies are releasing now is you get if you think about a game like i don't know what's name a big open world game from the past like five years i immediately want to say one that will <laughs> but uh no i can't say that it doesn't matter say uh, whatever you big want. open world game from the last few years <clears throat> um i don't know how far back Skyrim? Yeah, sure. Uh, Sure, let's go Skyrim. So Skyrim sold hugely, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Still has problems. The giant thing still exists. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) okay, well, a Bethesda game is is kind of a bad example anyways because uh, there are things that I would uh, consider inexcusable in those games, bugs that should have been caught, that should absolutely have been known. Regardless of how big your game is, you should always be able to finish the game. Mm -hmm. Their walkthrough breaks are unacceptable regardless of how big your game is like fuck man like the skyrim i couldn't turn in a a quest along the main storyline for like a month and i played it late like i I played it years in Mm -hmm. but anyways uh let's go with something like the witcher witcher 3 sold super well so even if you say that it sold you know 40 million copies that is 40 million people who bought that game came home plugged in the game and played it, that is so many more eyes and yeah. so many and more maybe, possibilities. Maybe two of those 40 million people ran into some bug that was unknown and then, like, reproducing that bug was, like, next to impossible. Cause, yeah. Like, you know, but, like... Yeah, like, you're gonna... You, there is no possible way to avoid bugs like that. There's, there's, You're just... It's gonna happen. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way to catch them all. And especially with what I was talking about earlier with, like, No Man's Sky with the engine. Like, you have a unique engine. Mm-hmm. You made it. You coded it. You you created all the programming, all the software, all the graph. You made this from numbers. Like, that's... <laughs> what? I made this shit from numbers. <laughs> so you all out there, this is all ones and zeros. I did it all in binary. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. But like yeah, like you, you made you made the thing, you know, and, and anything can happen within that huge package of shit that you've bundled together and made people get excited about. Yeah. It's so easy for There's always gonna be that like fucking chin lord out there with his like <laughs> neck beard going, Well, I can't believe they had to delay this by thirty days because so you know, it's just it's unacceptable. It's, it's so unacceptable. Like, how could they do this? Just... My life is over. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, you. That's how you sound. <laughs> I think I think if there was anything that I was to to walk away from or to, to want people to know is that no matter what the developer is, 
everyone works really fucking hard on their yeah. games. And everyone wants to ship a perfect game. No one ships a game being like, like well, I hope this is shit. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's gonna break, but oh well. Yeah, like, who cares? No one does that. And, and like, even like a, like, like Batman, which was glitchy and not great and stuff, but like you know the people who worked on that were fucking into it. Yeah. Like they were passionate and they were making it and they wanted it to be really good. And that there's just sometimes there are bugs that are inexcusable, there are bugs that are catchable and that should be caught and should be fixed. Um, and can be caught and can be fixed. But there will always be little things that, you know, mm-hmm. slip through the cracks and that you can't yeah, you can't predict. Speaking of like devs that work really hard, um, and Batman, when I first got my PS4, it came with Arkham Knight, and uh, I kept finding myself being like, I cannot believe how good, like out of everything in the game, I was most impressed with how good Batman's cape looked in the rain. When you, <laughs> especially when you're gliding, I'm like, yeah. it looks so fucking good, the physics on it look good, the water, you can see the droplets coming yeah. off it. I'm like, this is amazing. And then somebody was, I can't remember if I said it on Facebook or Twitter. I think it might have been Twitter. Somebody's like, no, there's a game. And I was just like, I can't believe how good this is. Like, uh, something along the lines of like, oh, and nobody would even care. And somebody's like, there's a game dev out there who really appreciates that. Yeah, that you totally. Notice how good that that is because somebody worked really hard on yeah. that. I'm like, and to this, like, still, I'm like, if you haven't played Arkham Knight, and even if you're not interested in Batman, like find somebody that has that game and just go pick it up briefly so you can glide in, in when it's raining in the game and like see how good that looks. And that's, <laughs> that's so awesome that you notice something like that, yeah. and, and especially in audio because we're we're one of the most underappreciated departments. Like when you think about making video games, you're not thinking about what they sound like for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. you're thinking about what you do, what it looks like. You're thinking about, yeah. you know, quests and missions and story. You're not. Yeah, turn the sound off when you're playing a game <laughs> to see how much it changes. Yeah, it's exactly. Mute, mute your TV. Like I can't play uh, most games without the sound, right? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I play a lot of games without the score, um, which, yeah, might ruin the mood sometimes, but I like listening to the other games. I think Witcher 3 made a really good impression on me. Um, the ambiences in that game are amazing. Yeah. Like, when you're standing in forests or in the swamps or, like, whatever, and you just sit and you listen to, like, the wind going through the grass and the trees and the ambiences and the... You know, that game was very, very well put together, mm-hmm. and it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, working in audio, we live for the people who notice those subtle little things mm-hmm. the that we've we've put in there. I always find I love music and games have a lot of great music, but uh, the ambience in games is actually my favorite. Like I most MMOs especially, I usually turn off the score because mm-hmm. most of them are meh. Like Wow, yeah. Wow has great music; it's great. Yep. But like, and Wow is where I first started turning off the music after playing yep. it for about a year or so because. Well, you can only hear it so many times. Yeah, exactly. But, like, uh, it's it feels more realistic when you don't have this score on. For sure. Now, whereas game, like, other games, like console games and stuff, or, like, uh, Overwatch, like, mm-hmm. I leave the music on because it makes it... Epic. It's so much more Sorry. epic and yeah. awesome and intense with that For music, sure. and, like, I don't think I'd ever get bored of that, like, <laughs> overtime. <laughs> you know? Like, it's so good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really good. I'm trying to think of, like... The sound design in Overwatch, by the way, is amazing. Someone put a video together about like little things that they and they weren't even a sound designer on the project mm-hmm. that they just noticed it happened and things like. Every... Well, the game definitely uses sound as part of like the element, the core gameplay. Yes. Like, uh, uh, I don't not mean to cut you off oh, here, no, no, but like ahead. one of the major things is is like that pretty much you probably noticed is ults. Like, you know, first of all, 
if it's on your team, they mm-hmm. say in English. If it's on the other team, like, you know, you'll hear Hanzo, Ryugo wa teki no kure. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ryugo wa teki no kure. He'll <laughs> say it in good. Japanese. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, but on his side, he'll be like, say something about the dragon. And, um, but then it's also like you can hear how far away, like you can know how far away something is. Like Junkrats especially, like mm-hmm. as you hear that coming closer, it's like, fuck, 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 yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it gets so good. And it's like, on that note too, like everyone has unique footsteps. Mm-hmm. So if you're standing in a corridor and someone is walking towards you running, because no one walks, but like, you know if it's Tracer, you know if it's Farah, you know if it's Junkrat, you know you can listen. Like, you can hear the jingle jangle on McCree's boots when mm. he steps. And it's details like that, just like, oh, man, fucking amazing. Just, ah, It's so high good. noon somewhere in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's, a different, it's a different line if you're on the team, if you're not on the team, like... Uh, uh, Farah, for example, like if you're not on her team, it's justice rains from above. Mm. And if you were on her team, it's rockets skybound. Really? I or rockets heard that. inbound or something like rockets that. Inbound. Yeah, oh, yeah. I she never says she one. says something else so that you know when you see the rockets falling because they look the same. But you know it's, it's yours. You know it's yours because she's saying yeah. like rockets inbound or something something like that. But she right. she does say something different. Everyone says something different so that you know because and what makes me really happy and really proud to be a sound designer is it's because the gameplay and the animations can't do the same thing that sound does right. you know like especially when it comes to you know characters are coming to get you it's like without having like an arrow on the screen that like gets bigger the closer someone gets to you which is just super obvious and gross as the ui goes um or having, you know, Farah's rockets be a different color or have different graphics and stuff like that, which takes up memory, makes it more glitchy. Uh, but to have a company and a dev team that acknowledges the strength and power of audio is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's it's so cool. And, like, the team that I'm working on now, like, we have, some people are like, yeah, audio, and then other people forget about audio. And it's easy to forget about audio. But a lot of our creative designers and a lot of our heads, uh, they acknowledge that when sometimes there's a problem, we can solve it with audio. Yeah. You know, we can find a sound, we can make it evident what's happening, even if you're not seeing it, or to draw you to something, or to make something more clear, more evident in the missions. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, audio is really cool and good audio can like completely change the experience of a game too absolutely um like especially if you have a really good set of headphones you know mm-hmm. um a really good example of that would be horror games yeah you know, play a horror totally. game you know normally with your speakers on but then play it with headphones mm-hmm. and, like amnesia um i don't i don't i can't remember if that game had a particularly detailed sound design but it, it was definitely a thing that was like Elena's eating a churro sorry uh, it was definitely a thing that was like you know you wear headphones and this game is ten times scarier mm-hmm. right? um, great game by the way if you've never played Amnesia the Dark Descent that game is way it's good terrifying I, I actually did not find it that scary um, but I guess I might be a little masochistic I don't know 
um, the part that a lot of people were talking about that was really scary was the water monster part, the invisible monster. And I just found that part hard, like more than anything, because I you, you have to stay on the boxes and stuff. And so that's where I stopped playing. Yeah. Um, actually, if you go into the deepest holes of the internet, there is a video of my friend and I playing Amnesia. And this was before the time that we knew how to like stream it and put the video of the actual game on the screen. So it's just a video of us like playing it, yeah. playing it. And I don't know if we ever posted the part where we got to the water, but we literally ran in opposite directions. Like we uh. were both sitting at my computer playing it and we get to the part where like you go like no spoilers but you go downstairs the game's been and out for like, like six years yeah Fucking. come on um <laughs> you walk down the stairs and it's all like bright and lick and li- li- lick <laughs> bright and licked um that's a different podcast <laughs> um bright and lit uh and lovely and then you get down to this hallway and you're like oh it's still really bright and then the lights go off and then the lights turn back on and suddenly you're like knee deep in water and there is something just coming at you yep. and we both just screamed and took off like <laughs> splash like, splash i'm taking a fuck yep <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was um that was our yep we're done we're, yep. we're, we're done we're I'm done Disney. now i actually out of like that whole game i had the most trouble with that part just be, not because i was scared but because it, it is legitimately difficult mm-hmm. and like in order to get past that part like you have to stay out of the water but there are parts where you have to run across the water but um, in order to distract the monster there's like body parts floating in the water yeah. you have to throw them so he'll splash and go towards it and eat it while you can run to get to the next box and if you don't throw it far enough away and get to the next box in time he will turn around and come get you before oh you get there God, it's and it's just annoying and hard and like uh that part took me longer than anything else in the game i think so funny story, uh, we were in the middle of talking about amnesia and then the fire alarm went off. <laughs> and uh, so it, it went on for like half an hour. Yep. And then Alana had to go. And so it was just like, well, we'll pick up tomorrow. And now we're actually at her place Surprise. recording the last little bit of the episode. Um, so there's that. That, uh, that by the way, after you left, I came back and, uh, well, I went and got some ice cream and met my friend. Whatever. And then I came back and the fire department and stuff was there. A car caught on fire in our basement. Oh my god. And luckily it was away from everything, whatever, and they got it contained and everything was fine. It was just really smoky. And then I ended up, because they wouldn't let us use the elevator, I had to walk all the way up like a billion stairs to get back to the apartment. Yeah, leaving was super weird. Like, I realized I don't think I've ever actually been in a building where the fire alarm has gone off and there was actually a fire. <laughs> like, I've been in so many times where, like, it goes off at 3 in the morning and, like, our building... So his building's really cool because they actually have like an intercom system. So when the alarm goes off, someone can come on and be like, oh, it's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> Stay in your like, apartment. Yeah, whereas like here, uh, we don't have that. So it just, the alarm goes off and you just have to be like, I guess everything could maybe be burning to the ground. <laughs> we'll find out if I die, <laughs> I whatever. Not. Yeah, so yeah. it's, um, uh, yeah, there's been so many moments where I wake up at three in the morning and I'm like, uh, oh, I don't know what to do. Usually... <laughs> We haven't had too many in the middle of the night, but it does happen quite a bit. So, anyways, after the type of day that I had yesterday, I was like, oh, it's going to be my car. My car's going to be on fire. My, my truck. And then it turns out it was a car, not my truck. So, like, I was fine. So, and then today, uh, I ended up uh, meeting up with blind gamer Steve Saylor, 
and we went and we filmed a collaboration together and he's like hey if you want afterwards we can go back to the studio and record a podcast together in that and like awesome. he like legit like he works in a radio station. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say which one, but like uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> All here. these like but, yeah. like pussy putting around <laughs> naming yeah. things between like my company and then your friend. Oh no, I just oh I just you can't see it, but I just rubbed my hand through makeup oh, fun. now it's <laughs> all over me um Yay. so he we went and recorded in the like an honest god studio so next week's episode is gonna sound amazing oh that's awesome uh and then but it was like so i went and recorded that we talked about what happened on the episode i was doing with you even though like i wasn't technically even done recording it and so like i was talking about oh yeah the episode we recorded yesterday and then but i'm still not done so then i so we filmed that video where we did the podcast and now i'm coming back here to finish this episode <laughs> It's just podcastception going on right now. Podcastception. That's very funny. But we wanted to, we were right at the tail end of this, so we wanted to kind of wrap things up. If you had any final thoughts, I mean, if you can remember what we were talking about (laughs) from yesterday, anything else rattling around in your brain or anything, maybe even since then you thought, oh, maybe I should have said this. Um... I should have planned ahead and thought of... (laughs) No, what? We don't plan on this show. Um, I think I... I think I said a lot. I really, I really, really wish. And like, I kind of want to talk to people at my company after the game that I'm working on is released and be like, hey, can I do like an AMA on Reddit or can I do like this, that, or the other? Because I just, I came into the industry super blind. Like, I had no idea what it was going to be like and I had no idea what to expect and like how games even worked or how they got created and like I was the guy who was like oh this game is super broken like how could this game be so broken (laughs) and now that I kind of know more about the process I feel like there's probably other people who would be like oh this is really interesting I'm glad like I'm glad to know about that but I have no idea like how things work I also have a magical folder uh, on my desktop on my computer at work that has all of my favorite bugs and glitches <laughs> from our time that, yeah. and I so wish that I could show that but we'll see we'll yeah. see you know I, I feel like that even though these people are like why does it take so long to do that like I feel like most people innately know that obviously well they wanted to make it better or something happened or whatever and so da, da, da. but they're just a they're angry because they want it now and yeah. we're an instant gratification society and <laughs> b they're assholes yeah. and they don't give a fuck and <laughs> they feel like well too. you should have been working 40 hours a day even though there's only 24 every day <laughs> and you should live under your desk too and you bad. get me my game so i because i am the most important 60 dollars you'll ever get like yeah. You know, I feel like that's how it is. Oh, for sure, it definitely is. Um, Self-regardless. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. You can find me on the interwebs if you want to see my music and stuff. Uh, it's Alana Maddie with two N's and two T's and a Y. And then A L A double N A M A double T Y. I'm like Tigger, but way less orange. T-I double gopher. Well, so there, that will also, as usual, be in the description. So Facebook me all those links, and I will Sweet. put them in there. Will do. Also, I just realized I think that's what I, what I want on my gravestone. Like Tigger, in, but less a. orange. <laughs> like Tigger, but less orange. Wanamati. Wanamati. Well, I suppose as for us, I don't think there's anything else. I've just been playing me some Pokemans all yeah, day. Yeah, me too. Um, if you want more from us, you can go to youtube.com slash pixelich, P-I-X-E-L-L-I-T-C-H. The T is important. 
Uh, and nobody's asked me why that's there yet. I think I've, I may have talked about it on the show before. Is there another channel that's no, called Glitch? No, put a G in front of that word. Glitch? That's uh, why, because he's a video game all character. I, I'll tell you, <laughs> Now you know. No, now you know. The more you know. G.I. Yeah, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so, and all of our social media and all that jazz, Patreon is all Pixelitch as well. So thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's episode, and we will catch you next time on Glitchcast. Radio voice. <laughs> Go into that radio, radio announcer voice. voice. I know I sound like old time radio. <laughs> hey everybody, just a little extra tidbit of information here. I wanted to say thank you to Inverspace for providing us with his song Invading Your Space for our intro. If you'd like to hear some more awesome chip tunes, and I know that you do, check them out at inverspace.com. 